This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 60. And the quote of the day is from Seth Godin, who said, Instead of wondering when your next vacation is, why don't you set up a lifestyle you don't need to escape from? You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals. Information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast, and I have one thing to ask. Uh, I talked about it before, but if you could, please leave me a review on iTunes, uh, a rating or a review on there. I would really, really appreciate it. It helps the podcast show up in the search engines easier if it has more uh, re- or more reviews, excuse me, and more um, comments and stuff like that. So if you could do that, I would greatly appreciate it. It takes about two minutes to do. And uh, yeah, like I said, just if you could do that, I would be really grateful. And we're going to get right into this content, which is overplaying and how to avoid it. And this is something that I see a lot of young drummers do, but I also see a lot of really experienced drummers do it too. Um, and overplaying is something that it, it kind of hurts my soul to watch it go down, but it also inhibits the band and the music from sounding the way that it should. And like I said, there's a lot of common mistakes that I see people doing and overplaying can be anything from, you know, playing too loud or playing too fast or, or just playing too many notes. And I think there's some psychological stuff that goes along with it and, I don't think that people realize that uh, a lot of it is just like natural reaction to things and reflexes that you have that you don't realize uh, what you're doing. So, you know, and then you go watch yourself play later, record it and watch it later. And you realize you're actually playing a lot more notes than you thought or you're, you know, you're really overplaying. So I'm going to go through just some really quick tips on how you can work on not overplaying. And so you can kind of get your mental space right for uh for not overplaying as well because it's a physical thing but it's a mental thing as well and so the first the first piece of advice is to pay attention to the space pay attention to the space in between the notes and think of it like having a conversation with someone so there's a natural rhythm and there's a natural pulse to the way that people talk some people but some people talk really fast and put everything together so rather than having space in between all the notes, they either talk like this and they put everything together when they're talking and then all the words start to go together and then everything seems like it doesn't have any influx or any way of slowing down or speeding up or sounding any different. So some people talk like that and it's like a gigantic run on. I don't even know what I just said right there. So if it was not proper English, sorry, I don't even know what I was saying. I was just trying to get words out as fast as I could. Um, so but think of it as the conversation and the space between words. So the space between notes is the same thing. So there's, there's breathing in between each word. There's pauses for emphasis. There's pauses. So you may, you might say to someone, listen, I can't do the, or whatever you're going to say, but you'll pause for emphasis and you may talk faster for emphasis, or you may talk louder for emphasis. So all of the, all of the space that's in between these notes, you have to be really mindful to these spaces and play the spaces. And there's a quote that 
I think that it was Miles Davis, but I'm not exact. I I can't remember, and I should have looked it up. Um, but it's basically like the notes are are the spaces between the notes are just important, if not more important than the actual notes that you're playing. So think about the spaces in between the notes and let those and you know let natural space and 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 breath and everything come into your playing while you're while you're playing. So um think of it as a conversation, think of it as a sentence so you can you can pause and you can leave more space and less is more when it comes to that. So try that. Another thing that I did um which is my second piece of advice is to practice with less drums and play with less drums. And for a while, I would listen back to a lot of my playing, and I hated it because I was overplaying. It was like every you know every measure was a was a boom doom katu doom doom katu doom doom katu and it was just like fills and fills and symbols all over the place, and I was overplaying, and it was it was just a natural thing for me to do for years. I did that, and I would and I was like, man, I really got to get control of this and really stop overplaying because I didn't think it sounded good. And I think that the bands that I was playing in, I like I was playing in a band that was, I started to, I kind of was like, well, this is how I play, but I wasn't getting hired for a ton of gigs before I, I learned how to stop overplaying. And so what I did was I just played with a kick, a snare and a hi hat. And once in a while, a ride cymbal. And I would play gigs like that. I played gigs like that for about, a year, a year and a half. And people would always ask me, why do you play with just a kick, a snare and a hi-hat? And I said, well, if it's not there, I can't play it. So there, you know, there weren't all these toms and 85 different symbols and everything. So it's, to me, it's kind of like low hanging fruit that's out there. And if there's all these drums, you're like, man, I've got to, I got to be hitting all of these drums and I got to be hitting all these symbols. But for me, if it's not there, I can't play it. So I would I stripped all this stuff away and then it forces you to really be creative inside of the groove of what you're doing because you don't have all these things to hit. So it really restrained me and because I I couldn't do it on my own. I needed something physical to restrain me and the lack of drums was a restraining thing to me. So like I said, couldn't play it if it wasn't there. So it really really f- made me focus on just playing the groove and not doing all these fills because I couldn't because, you know, and as a result of that, my, the interplay between my hands and my feet, like the kick snare and hi-hat got really, really good. So that actually increased my groove even more. And that was just like a, a, an ancillary effect of, of what I was really trying to do was just stop overplaying, but then it really improved my groove and, and improved my dexterity between my kick and snare and hi-hat, which is something that I didn't know was going to happen. It just kind of happened out of that. So that's the second piece of advice. Practice with less drums. And, and I'm not saying don't to practice and not hit the drums. I'm saying take the drums away. Set them on the other side of the room so you can't play them. And then if you feel confident enough after a while, start playing some gigs with, because a lot of times, you know, you'll play with less drums in the practice room and then you get on your, your gig kit and it has 85 drums on it. And you're like, yeah, man. And then next thing you know, you're overplaying. So all the stuff that you practice kind of went out the window. So start playing some gigs with less drums. If you feel like you have a problem overplaying. Third, this is more of like a soloing thing, but it also comes in grooving too, is that you want to let phrases pass. So 
I remember someone telling me that, you know, when you're soloing, the first phrase that you hear, you should let it pass. The second phrase you hear in your head, you should let it pass, excuse me, and don't play them. And then once you get to the third one, then you can play that phrase. And the, the thing that that really does is it's maybe the third phrase isn't the best phrase that you've heard, but it's creating space. So it's, it, you know, if you start a groove, it's now it's your soul and you get into it and you're pass. Oh, that's good. No, let that pass. Oh, this one's good. Right. So the third phrase may have not been the hippest phrase and it may have been, may have not have been. That doesn't matter. But all the space and time leading up to that phrase was played simply and and there's no frills and no thrills so that just kind of gave you a lot of space before you started doing this phrase so it's kind of a way to build in space and time into your solos and into your grooves as well um and it's it's something that you don't really realize that you're doing you're just waiting for the phrases to come and go but while those phrases are coming and going you're just grooving or you're just laying back and you're you're playing more musically than than just uh playing every phrase that comes into your head so that's another thing let phrases pass let the first one go by let the second one go by play the third one and see what that does for your your solos especially if you tape your solos you'll see that these solos will start to get start to be like wider and start to feel bigger and rather than just like it's just like all over the place let me play i want to play everything i want to play everything so you kind of got to get out of that habit as well so that's uh, a really good piece of advice is to let those phrases pass uh the fourth piece is to actively listening or actively listen to the song and the things that that you're hearing in your head you have to think about it and see if they go along with what you're playing or what the tune is. And if they don't, don't play them. And I think that a lot of times people's egos get in the way and they think, Oh man, I'm just laying back. I'm not playing anything flashy. I'm not playing anything fancy. So they play a fill and it it has nothing to do with the song. And all that does is make you overplay. It, it makes you sound like an amateur. It makes you sound like you're not listening and it doesn't do anything for the music. And at the end of the day, that's what you're there for, to serve the music, to serve the song. So you have to, you have to be actively listening to the tune, listening to the bass player, listening to the guitar player, to the singer, to the keyboard player, whoever else is in the band and, and really actively listen and get inside of this thing and think about, like if you ever have to think about playing something don't play that's a golden rule that that i always tell my students i i I strongly believe in that that if you're like oh i'm gonna play that 30 second paradiddle thing that i worked out now don't play it because it doesn't fit it's not happening naturally so don't ever do that so think if you think of something don't play it i promise you it it'll it'll serve you very very well if you keep that in the back of your mind so actively listen to the song and and the stuff that you're playing make sure that it goes with the song make sure you're accenting the the bass player or make sure you're you're um you're accenting the guitar player and and you're like we talked about before you're an accompanist so you want to be supporting these people not going against them so it's not all about you so actively listen to the tune don't play the things that you think are flashy or that you know if you're playing just in the pocket people are going to be like oh this guy 
is not a good player. So show restraint, show professionalism, but actively listen to the song and the stuff that you do play will come out more musically. And let ideas develop is my fifth piece of advice. And so many times I see, especially in solos and in more instrumental music, I see people hit the ceiling really, really fast. And to me, that's like, you know, you're, you're running at top speed right from the get go and it's a marathon and you're like, man, I'm already running as fast as I possibly can. There's nowhere to go for here from here. You can't go up any farther. You're already at the ceiling. So let your ideas develop, whether, like I said, if you're, if it's an instrumental or not instrumental, uh, improvisational music, you want to let ideas develop slowly. So, you know, maybe it's just a matter of, you know, the, the third time through, through the phrase or something, you're adding an accent or, or, you know, you're, you're adding one little thing and then next time you come around, maybe you add two things, then three things, then four things, rather than just throwing all this stuff in there right away and just like, oh, I got to play all the, I got to play all this stuff because, you know, I want to, I want to show off all my, all my chops and all that stuff. So you got to really let these ideas develop. So, and especially with solos and you can watch any of the, the great drummers out there, but someone who does it really, really well is Steve Gadd. Just, he really lets these ideas develop. And I'll put a video of one of his solos, um, in the show notes, it'll be drummersresource.com forward slash session 60. And I'll put a couple of videos of Steve actually, and some other drummers that I like who really develop ideas. So, you know, a lot of times I see guys do solos and it's like, all right, here comes my solo. And then they're like out of the solo into the back into the tune. And it's like, well, it was great. You know, it, it showed all of this, all of this ability and this almost like athletic or athleticism almost, but didn't seem very musical. And that's what I see a lot with people because they're not letting ideas develop. And, and you really have to slowly build things up and up and up and up. So that's a that's a, the piece of advice for soloing and, and for improvisational music because especially in improvisational music when things are, are slow to change and you're building and building and building and building. If you hit your peak and there's still six minutes left of the song, you're going to be in trouble, man. So let ideas develop and then you will naturally start to play what is right for the song, not to play what's feeding your ego. So that's another way of, of not, um, or of not overplaying and, and not stepping out of, out of, uh, your job as a drummer to be an accompanist. So those are my five golden rules. It's a quick podcast, but I was just, I was, I was out last night and I saw a drummer. I was like, man, this cat is just, overplaying and I see it a lot and I really just wanted to address it today. So five quick things that you can do to, to stop overplaying is to pay attention to space, practice with less drums, play gigs with less drums, let phrases pass, skip the first one, skip the second one, jump on the third one, maybe and play that actively listen to the song, play things that are appropriate. Don't play for your ego and let ideas develop naturally and slowly build things up and up and up and up. And those five things I promise you will help you 
not overplay. So try those out. Let me know how they work for you. And shoot me an email, nick at drummersresource.com. Check me out on Facebook, drummers or Facebook.com forward slash drummers resource, on Twitter at drummers R source, and Instagram at drummers resource. And until next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. If there's anything I can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out and ask. I'm more than welcome to help anybody any way that I can. So just let me know and I'll talk to you soon. Peace.